opportunity to come together to worship, to learn, Lord, to hear from you. Let your Holy Spirit reign in this house. May we be baptized with the Holy Spirit this day. Open our hearts and our minds to you, Father, your will, your understanding, your words, your love, your thoughts, Father. Let it become who we are. Bless each facet of this service. May it be to glorify and edify the name of Jesus. Bless those that are still traveling. We thank you for the traveling mercies you've given us thus far. Give us those mercies as we travel at the end of the day home. Have your way, Father. Take this vessel, be my words, my thoughts, my actions. Let it all be to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am thankful to be here today in my right mind, able to use my body according to what God has made it for. And today, um, I want to talk about something that is a stumbling block to a Christian. There are many stumbling blocks that we um, that we encounter in our lives, but Today, I want to talk about the one that I have dealt with and God has shown me all week long, and it's the stumbling block of offense. The stumbling block of offense. There are many things, issues, attitudes in our lives, if we allow that they become a stumbling block, they become something that we trip over trying to get to our destiny, trying to just walk through the will of God for our lives through our past, but they block us, they trip us, and sometimes we even fall down. They hinder us from fulfilling the will of God in our own lives. They hinder us from being the lights of the world, the salt that we are called to be. People see that stumbling block that we tripped over, and of course, it is just a strategic thing that the enemy has done. And if you saw the scripture this morning that I posted on the family page, it was 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. Paul wrote it this way. says, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant, ignorant of his devices. And Paul was pointing out that this is a device and tool of the enemy. In the New Living Translations, it reads, When you forgive this man, I forgave him too. And when I forgave whatever needs to be forgiven, I do it so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Offense. Offense can be something that someone does, says, behaves, acts, it is something that offends you. It's 
something, sometimes it's, it's an unforgiveness that turns into and grows into an offense that leads to bitterness that takes that terrible root in our heart. And you have to guard your heart at all times against such things. And this, this whole sermon was birthed out of something that I was reading in John. If you'll turn with me, John 15. And I want to read the Amplified version real quick of that. And I've read this. Let's go to 16, John 16. And I've read this through this, you know, scripture many times and through John because John's one of my favorite. And but for some reason the other day when I read it through, it it kept speaking to me. So that is the Holy Spirit trying to tell you something. <laughs> He's preparing you. So here it is, John 16 and verse 1. It says, I have told you these things so that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. That's the Amplified. The King James says, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. All week long, every day, I go to work, come home, and I'm dealing and I'm seeing offense in a different light. I'm dealing with offense on a day-to-day. And as Christians, just as people, we deal with offense. It seems like nowadays you can't say or do anything without offending someone. I've never noticed it in my lifetime to be people being so sensitive pastor was talking briefly about it Wednesday night. He says, what they call bullying now, we just call cutting up. Kidding around, riding you hard. We had nicknames for it, but it wasn't never bullying. So that word piped up. It kept just speaking to me all week long. Not to be offended. Not to be offended. So when, he, when I read that, I was like, oh, let's go back to chapter 15, and let's read chapter 15 again. What, what was he saying that, was, that I missed, that I need to look out for offense? And if you read through chapter 15, the first so many verses talks about, um, you, I am the true vine. Each branch of me that beareth fruit, he taketh away. Or beareth not fruit, he take away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he prunes it. He purges it, that it may bear more fruit. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you, and abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. And he's telling us, hey, look, as long as you're in me, We are together. We are one. We are all, I draw my strength from him. Everything I need, he has. He is the true vine. And what he is, I should be. I should look like, act like, talk like, produce fruit like. I should behave like. People should see the true vine in me. It's real easy to find someone 
and listen to him talk just for a little bit. And you can find out who they draw their strength from, who their mind is, who they think is important, what's important in their life. For the first 10 verses, he talks about that. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Well, if I'm part of that true vine, Jesus, then I abide in his love. And that love should be apparent in me and in everyone that I deal with. Jesus had a love that I don't understand. His trip to the cross proved something that lacks in me that I need. And then we go on to John 15 and 11. He says, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy may be full. So if I'm part of the true vine, not only do I abide in love and should be loved, but I should have this true joy, regardless of the situation. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love had no man that in this that a man lay down his life for his friend. You know, when I'm offended, I don't look at that situation the same way. Do you? You don't have to respond. I take it very personal. It becomes an, an attack, a personal attack against what I have, my pride, my ability to do, whatever it is, it comes as an attack against me personally. And I don't look at it like Christ. We'll talk about it later. He says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Oh, when I'm offended, <laughs> what kind of fruit do you see? Well, my poor husband gets to see the worst of me. <laughs> when I'm offended, oh, what Sonia used to be kicks in sometimes. I'm getting better. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I'm good at it. But I'm getting better. I get patient. Sometimes I'm quiet, not very often. <laughs> He's like, Lord, don't get her started. <laughs> sometimes he'll say stuff and then tip you to another room. <laughs> he knows he's just turned the motor on <laughs> this morning he was creeping around looking at me looking in the closet <laughs> he's like girl you're standing there looking confused <laughs> and I was like I'm ignoring you because I'm focusing I just don't I don't need that drama right now I've got to focus and he said you're just gonna ignore me so I'm gonna go away he tippy-toed out looking at him, but it's sad that after 30 some years of marriage he he 
all too well. But do you think God doesn't know you? <laughs> Does, do you think that he didn't equip you to handle what's coming this way? What the enemy's going to throw out at you? He has. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I don't like that part. Self-control. There's a whole bunch of them in there. It's all in you. And Christ was the perfect example of each and every one of them. And then we go down to verse 17. And I... This is where it gets good, <laughs> we'll say. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a type A person. I need to know black and white, good and bad. Let's just make it plain. <laughs> I need it all laid out so I can see it. And this is verse 18 through 25. And he talks about why you could be offended, how you could be offended. It said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. It's that out of the world part that we live every day, every day, trying to be out of this world, in this world, but not of this world, as the Bible says out of this world. You were chosen. Chosen. Do you know you were chosen? How personal is that? When I go to the closet every day, I choose what I'm going to wear. When I go to the store or the market, I choose what I want to have. I have that freedom. And he freely chose me. He didn't see a deficit in me. He didn't see a lack in me. He saw what he put in what my potential is. He may not, I may not look like that right now, but I have that potential. He sees the end. As one pastor said, he sees the whole picture and we're just looking at pieces of the puzzle. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. That's some freedom right there for the ministers. They will teach you, they will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. When offense comes, and it will come, remember, it's not a personal attack. It's because of who you are, who you belong to, my name. They hated me. It's a, they're going to hate you too. It's okay. He's not upset about it. Neither should we be. If I had not come and spoke to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Have you ever had that, what's that old saying, that when you're doing good, everybody is your friend until you get a little elevated and then those friends aren't friends anymore. As long as you're doing what they're doing. I think that's how it goes. As long as you're below them or right equal, they don't want you above. So we're dealing with offense in so many levels. He 
other as well. Again, it's not personal. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hate, hated me without reason. If they could not see the change in you, the difference in you, God's word in you, God's miracles in your life, it's just another reason for offense. They're offended by that. I'm going to go back to the King James Version. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness because you had been with me from the beginning. So they see that Holy Spirit operating in you. They should. And it's a reason for offense to them. Now, John is talking about the world. Let's go on to chapter 16. It says, These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. Now, he was talking about the world in the beginning. Do you know, the, the Bible, as we know it, was not written that way. It didn't have chapters, so everything just went together. It flowed. Sometimes when you read the chapters, remember, they're con continuation of what was before it. So if I hear Derek Prince say, if there's a therefore, you need to see what it's there for. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go ahead <laughs> to see what it's there for. But now he's talking about the people in the synagogue. The brothers and sisters, supposedly the religious group. I have never seen more offense in my whole life than I have in the church. I grew up a minister's daughter, a pastor's daughter. I remember the day when a man in the middle of church dropped his instrument with the intent of coming over and hitting my father in the head during the middle of service. And I was a young woman and knew, young girl knew what that, what that was. I have never seen so much offense in the church. And they think they're going to do it for the service of God. Well, who's the first one you think of in the Bible that was that way? Saul. Saul was on the road to Damascus with the authority in his hand by the synagogue to imprison and put to death. He'd already seen Stephen stoned to death and witnessed what was happening then. And Stephen, with the love of God in his heart, asked for forgiveness for them. 
you be stoned? Maybe not physically and still find forgiveness for the, your offender? None of us have even shed blood yet. And yet we're offended constantly. Don't ask God to reveal the things in your heart. So I found myself driving to work one day asking God why this was allowed to go on and even entertaining the idea of why haven't you taken care of the enemy like you did in the old days that's what happens when offense is left undone unturned it's turned over it's a stumbling block and God spoke to me in that small, still voice. And he said, I gave you time. I forgave you. And so I had to repent. And so I stand here today to talk about offense. It's a stumbling block. It will keep you distracted. It will keep you caught up in things that don't matter at all. Let it go. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for their forgiveness if it requires it, whatever it is. Don't let the enemy keep you bound up, stumbling over that same block time and time again. Jesus was the perfect example of not being offended. He was tripped to the cross. We see that he's mocked. He's stripped. He's, he's been punched. He's been hit. People have bowed down before him. They put the robe on him, the crown of thorns. They flogged him. They beat him publicly. They made him walk through the streets in that condition to Golgotha. And then they nailed him to the cross. And then they took his robe, what he had on, and gambled for it. They parted it. And all that, did he say anything? Like a lamb led to the slaughter. He spoke not a word, but hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He took no offense in all of it, and all the abuse, all the humiliation. But yet I'm going to hold on to what was said and what was done. And I haven't even given my life for Christ yet. I haven't even broke a sweat or broke a tear been beaten, bruised physically, and yet I want to hold on to what somebody did in the past, what somebody's doing now. I need to see through the tactics of the enemy, as Paul told the Corinthians. He's just trying to overthrow you. He's trying to make it a stumbling block to prevent you from going any further, and you catch yourself standing there or sitting on the ground wondering what happened. Why can't I go any 
further from. Why is this not happening for me? Why is my my answer not coming? Why am I seeing this in my life? Look for the stumbling blocks. I can guarantee you offense is one of them. Unforgiveness. Unbelief. The list goes on. There are more. I can only give you what I have learned. What God has given me to give you today, and it's offense. It's a stumbling block. Don't allow it to be that way. Matthew 6 and 14 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Plain and simple. No two ways about it. No sitting on the fence. That's what it is. That's all it is. Forgive. Forgive. As Christ says, I will remember it no more. I have actually prayed that. Lord, help me not to remember that no more. No offense. Matthew 26 is a very familiar story. Verses 57. Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And you know, Peter says, Oh, how many times do I have to forgive my brother who sinned against me? And he says, Seven times, but unto seventy times seven. And then he tells him this wonderful parable. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children, all that he had in the payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosened him and forgave his debt. But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and he took him by, by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me, but should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was worth, brought and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due him. So why, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their transgresses. Offense. It's a stumbling block. When you see it coming, take hold of that situation. I remember once in a church I was sitting and I was publicly offended ridiculed in that very instant and I could feel that grip on my heart of bitterness and anger and I pr- 
prayed then and there. I said, Lord, take this away now. Help me not even to remember. Help me to give forgiveness and love to the person despite what was done. And I felt my heart release. I felt an instant release. And I pray that you find that same mercy when you pray. But offense is a stumbling block, a tool of the enemy. Don't allow it to have one second. Repair that block. Put it back down where it belongs. Give forgiveness to whomever needs it. Don't hold up your progress because of that. Father, we thank you and praise you for your words today. God, give us the wisdom and understanding to operate according to your will, Father, according to the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that gives us strength when we have none, that gives us wisdom when we have none, that gives us foresight, Lord, when we need it. Help us to operate and to choose to operate according to your will. As your example, Lord Jesus, to forgive for the greater cause. Father, go with us this day. Give us your wisdom and understanding. And keep us always and bring us back again at the next appointed time. In Jesus' name.